It's so good to see y'all again. So good to see you. Uh, tonight is going to be different. Um, well, just let me say, he told me he was going to do 90s music tonight, and I was really, I was so nervous. That, like, there's a reason I didn't become a believer until I was in my 20s. Uh, but that was super good. That was good. All right, throwback. Anyway, uh, I had to get that off my chest. Okay, yeah, tonight's going to be different. Um, some of you guys have gone to San Francisco with us uh, the last two years. Um, and so it was really impactful for us both times. Uh, and it really just, every time we come back, it just sort of changes the way we, we look at our city and it changes the way we look at ourselves. And so it's really been an impactful uh, last two years every time we go up there. So tonight, um, Clint Ledeen, who is one of the directors there at City Impact in San Francisco, him and Zach, they came down from San Francisco uh, to see us, just to see us and to talk to us and to hang out with us. So um, tonight, uh, Clint is going to preach. Um, so I want you guys to welcome him. He's the director there of the rescue mission. If you guys remember the rescue mission, that's the place with the food banks underneath. And there's the preaching in the afternoons. Uh, and we deliver the meals there. So Clint's the director of that. Um, and they, there's that rumor that you played professional basketball. And I was like, there's no way because you're not that tall. And then I was like, I found it was in Europe. And I was like, oh, I, I got it. So, so this is going to be fun tonight. I am really looking forward to it. I'm just impressed with Clint and everything they do in San Francisco. So I'm looking forward to tonight. I hope you guys are as well. And he said, make sure he said this, not me. Now, you have to clap for him when he comes up or he won't come up. So... Amen. All right, thank you. <clears throat> hey, I want to. Uh, I have to have a friend come up here uh, tonight as we get started today, um, and it's uh, my friend Zach. I'm going to have him come up and uh, open us up in prayer. Uh, so come on up, Zach, as he comes up here. And the reason I'm having Zach pray is because Zach is very spiritual. And uh, <laughs> why did some of the people laugh that know him? They shouldn't have laughed. And so uh, Zach's been with us now. Uh, I've known Zach for a couple years. Actually, I've know, known him. Yeah, please stay up here. Please stay up here. So I've known Zach since he was, uh, he was a little peanut. He was about this big. He came on a missions trip, and he was about 16, 17 years old, and he's grown into a, a fine young man. He's been with us uh, for a couple years now. He uh, helps oversee the sponsorship division, uh, preaches at the school, does amazing things with the, with the students there, all kinds of stuff. Uh, just a great man of God. Uh, but then also, as well, um, he is single as well. Can we clap? Can somebody clap for it? He's a single man. So, you know, part of my job as a pastor at City Impact, I got to get people married off. And so I got about a year on him. Uh, so, you know, you just keep, you know, you guys look. If you know someone or somebody like that, uh, he's, a, he's, uh, he's, he's a man. He has intimacy with the Lord. He's going to open us up in prayer. Zach, can you pray? Yeah. Uh, for, I think we need to pray that Clint, uh, God will forgive Clint first. So. <laughs> uh, Lord, I just want to thank you just for bringing us here today, Lord, that we get to come together and uh, just worship you. Uh, no, no matter where we are, San Francisco, Texas, overseas, Lord, we're worshiping the same God. So we thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord over creation and that you're the Lord that's given us life and you're yeah. making us new creations. So, God, we just ask for this service tonight, Lord, that you continue to renew us, renew our hearts, renew our minds. 
Uh, give us ears to hear and eyes to see you um, as you're working through Clint as he shared tonight. Mm -hmm. So we love you in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's clap for Zach, too. Come on. I got to tell, uh, man, <clears throat> this night is not about Zach, but um, I got to tell a funny story. You know, recently, uh, this was not on the docket for tonight, uh, but recently, Zach's from Portland. And so we went up to Portland. I, uh, uh, we have a health clinic at the, the, uh, at the City Impact that we started. And so I contacted a doctor that we know, a friend, and I said, hey, I need you to put together a dinner party for us. We went up there and uh, just uh, approached some people about... Uh, uh, helping us out. And so we went to these, this doctor's house. He's a surgeon there. He's got this huge house, right? And uh, it was so cool. He had like a secret room. So just like you see on the movies or Scooby-Doo, there's a, there's a library. Uh, he's got a, a, a cool library, and it's got a secret door where you push the button, and the big the bookshelf moves out, and behind it, it's a huge, uh, a, a huge beautiful room with a bathroom in there. And so me and Zach went up there, and so I was excited. I said, hey, Zach, I'm really old. I, I want that room, and, you know, you'll get a different room. And so um, we're, we're getting ready uh, that night. We, we do the, the, the fundraiser dinner, and we're getting ready to go to bed. The, the lady of the house, the wife, she's getting Zach's room ready downstairs, and uh, she's getting the upstairs room uh, all set. And we didn't know if the room was, they had some other guests staying there. We didn't know if the room was for Zach or or whatnot, but uh, anyway, um, so I'm sleeping uh, upstairs, and I think that you know Zach's just kind of watching TV, mucking around uh, downstairs. But uh, you know, in the middle in the middle of the night, I hear him come upstairs, and what had happened is he got scared because some of the house guests uh, were there in the in the other room, and so he got really nervous. So he came upstairs, and uh, and then the next thing I knew is that. I feel, I'm, I'm in this big uh, king-size bed, and I feel this big, hairy uh, Portland leg next to me, and I got really nervous, so I put a bunch of pillows between us, but it was really weird. In the morning, we got up, right, and, you know, uh, here's the thing is, you know, we're from a ministry in San Francisco, and so the lady didn't know, right, she, she just, you know, she... She, she saw us come down, you know, stairs. I'm like, Zach, what are you doing? You can't do this. They don't know us that well. We're from San Francisco. They're going to start thinking all these thoughts that, you know, what's going on here? And, and, and then we get uh, uh, down there, you know, for breakfast. And she goes, hi, you two. I was like, Zach, what are you doing? Um, and so I love that guy. He's a good guy. So if you guys know anybody, we've we got to take care of him and, and get, him, get, get him some help as well. Hey, uh, tonight, uh, you know, I, I really want to talk to you guys um, really about making yourselves available to God. And, and tonight we're going to get into the book of John. And I want to challenge you guys because really, um, here's the thing, is that God, as we look at this portion of Scripture, He has made Himself available to you. And the question that I'm going to put back in your lap tonight is, have you made yourself available to God? Have you fully said, okay, God, whatever you want with my life, wherever you call me, wherever you want me to go, God, I am available uh, to you. And as we look at this portion of Scripture, I, I want to concentrate on three things because, man, I've been doing ministry for 19 years now. That's a long time. I'm, I'm getting really old and... Uh, the, the one thing that I really love about ministry is that it, it comes down to, you know, sometimes we think it's 
these amazing things, you know, these amazing preachers, these amazing conferences, these big-time things. But I'm here to tell you, man, it comes down to the fundamentals. Man, it comes down to the simple things in life. And God, begin, God begins to take these simple things that you do spiritually, and then God begins to use those things and takes you to another level. You know, as Pastor was sharing one of the things that I did get to do was play basketball. And you know what? All of my illustrations are always basketball. At church, everybody goes, oh, great, here comes another sports illustration, another basketball illustration. But really, it's like that. You know what, what I mean? Basketball, it's fundamentals. If you watch the Lakers play, if you were to go to their practices or any of these players that play in a high level, every day you walk into their practice, they're doing something boring, something where you're like, is that all you're doing? You're just dribbling with your left hand up the court, and then you're doing a crossover dribble, and you're going to do a layup, and then a left-handed layup. It's basic, and you would go, what are you doing? But the same thing translates for us spiritually, whereas we begin to do these simple things that, you know, three things that I'm going to share with you today, that you continue to do them, continue to work at them, Pretty soon in the course of your life, you're going to find yourself doing a 360 spiritual slam dunk, crossing somebody over, you know, spiritually, where people go, wow, how did you do that? How did you get to that level where you did something, where you have so much intimacy with God that, that he came in and he did that in your life? I really firmly believe that, you know, and, and, and as I look at you, you know, young people, I'm really, I'm excited for you, but I'm a lot bit jealous. Number one, you have good bones and you're healthy. Number two, you got your whole life ahead of you. And number three, you have to take less Advil than I do. <laughs> but really, I really believe that as, that, that as you do these things, that God's going to go bam, and then you're going to go bam up here. And you're like, man, what happened? This is amazing. And so as we look at our scripture tonight, we are in the book of John chapter 10, and uh, in just a second, I'm going to read to you this very thing. Okay, it says this, very truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And you know, uh, as Pastor was sharing, I, I get to work at the, the rescue mission over at City Impact. We have a lot of things. And one of the things that we do is we get to work, I work with the adult population. So I'm married, I've been married for 18 years. I have five kids. And uh, uh, my wife, she runs the school portion. I have five kids, but I don't like kids. So I work on the rescue mission portion with the, with the adults over there. And it's a, you know, these guys can tell, it's, you know, at times it can be a little bit dicey, it's a little bit hard, it's a, it's a rough place, we're in the, you know, highest crime rate in the city, and man, I've probably had everything happen over there uh, to me from, I've been cussed out so many times, I, I can't even count, and I'm pretty much a nice guy, 
Andresa, it's true. I am, what other people think, I am somewhat a nice guy. I have been punched uh, there. I have had, uh, I've been spit on in the face. And I've had a knife pulled on me uh, twice uh, in my short tenure there. And so it's a really interesting place. But one of the things that I, I want to, uh, that I love is I love people's testimonies. And I love what God does in people's lives. But here's the one thing that I love more, and this is my favorite testimony, and what I want to encourage you guys with as being young people. The best testimony you can have, and I hear it all from, man, you, you, I can't even share it here, uh, some of the backgrounds of what God is doing in their life. But the best testimony is when somebody comes up and they're able to say, you know what, I knew God at an early age. I walked with him. I found him to be faithful. I followed his commands and his precepts. I didn't get sideways too much. And you know what? All I've known is intimacy with him. I love those type of testimonies. You know, I, I was recalling, I have a friend who had that type of testimony. And I, and I had an epiphany. I was standing around with all of us ding-dongs, my other ding-dong friends, that we have our ding-dong testimonies. And, you, you know, and he's talking about, you know, and I remember just being weird. I was like, Man, how is, he the, how is he the exception because he had a good family and known the Lord and walking with him and serving with him? And how did that become abnormal in our culture today? And so if you're there today, I want to encourage you with that. Stay with that. That's a type of testimony that is powerful. And if you're not, perhaps you're like me and you have a different type of testimony that doesn't go along those lines. And you see, as we look at our portion of Scripture today, you know, it tells us that there's one way to enter this gate. And there's one way that we can begin to have this interaction with God, this fellowship with God. And for me, and maybe some of you are here today, I don't know where you're at. Perhaps you think there, there is another way to begin to find that fulfillment or that intimacy with God, or perhaps you're searching for something else and you think that you're going to be able to find it by some other means other than what God has commanded you to do. And, and you see, for me, at, a, at an early age, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, so I, I really tried just about everything, you know. I love my beverages at an early age. Love to go out. One of the things that I thought was really going to give me fulfillment, I thought it was going to be basketball. That, that was my life. All day long, all I did was play basketball. They, I played so much, I was telling these guys when they were in the city, they, my neighbors used to call the cops on me and say, please tell this guy to stop. It's 11 at night. Enough with this. And I really thought that, you know what, if I, if I do well, if I get a scholarship, you know, then I'll be fulfilled. Then everything will be all right. Then I'll have this inner peace. And then I will know that, you know what, people like me. And, and, and I was really shy, and, and I didn't like to talk to people. And so I'd go to parties, and then I'd say, wow, man, now I, now I got this liquid courage. Now I can talk to people, and now they're going to think I'm funny, and this is going to be great. And now I'll find fulfillment. And you know what, as life goes on, you begin to try these different things, and, and you begin to try to circumvent the way that God has laid before us. And pretty soon you find out, man, that's not the way. That's not the way 
to ultimately find this inner peace, this inner joy, this fulfillment, this full life that God has called us to have. And it's kind of like this. If, if, if you think about this, you know, God has told us through the scripture that through Jesus Christ, here's the opening to God. Here is the way that you can now have this intimacy, this peace, this joy. But it's through this one gate, and it's Jesus Christ. And if you can imagine this illustration in your head, it would be like this. Suppose you're going to a, a travel agent, and you want to go to Rome. And you tell the travel agent, hey, I want to go to Rome. I'd like a book, to, a book of flight to Rome today. And the travel agent says, no problem. I have right here on my screen, I have a flight to Sydney through uh, Qantas Airlines. And you'll be going to Sydney. And you say, well, I want to go to Rome. Does it end up in Rome? And the attendant goes, no, it doesn't end up in Rome, but it has the best food and it's got the best movies on the flight and you're like no I need to get to Rome and so the the flight attendant looks and she goes well here I got something you know that's uh we're heading over to uh you know Indonesia and you look at her and you say well does that flight eventually make it to Rome she looks at you confusingly and she says no but you know what they're on time departures are the best they have the best record and this is the best airline that you can fly with. And you're like, no, I need to get to Rome. Don't you understand? I, get to, I need to get to Rome. And you, and, and you can imagine the attendant looks back at you and says, well, don't all trips lead to Rome? And the answer, as we know, is no. And sometimes we think in our lives that, you know what, if I can just circumvent and these things are going to begin to make me happy and if I choose a different way other than what God has outlined for me, that I'm going to find that. And God here in the scripture today, he tells us, you know what, the only way to find that in your life is through Jesus Christ. The only way that ultimately that you are going to find yourself in a place where, you know what, you have that peace with God is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for some of you guys here today, I think perhaps you were like me. You know, there was, although I did not know the Lord, God was calling me. And some of the things that I was involved in, even though I didn't, I, I never grew up in a church home, there was something in me that was saying, you know what, this isn't right. You need to step away from this. And, and for some of you here tonight, you might be in that place where God is saying to you, in that, in, in that still, quiet voice, you know what? You, you need to let go of that. And, and the Spirit of God might be saying to you tonight, you know what, that relationship that you're in is not the one I've called you to be in. I've called you to be in something more healthy. And God's saying, you know, the places where your feet are taking you on a Friday and Saturday night, I, I, I got something better for you. And you know that the Spirit of God is talking to you, but you've quenched it, perhaps. Perhaps you've, you, you, you pushed it down so much that it's hard to hear. And tonight, I would come here and I would say, is God speaking to you? Is God working in your, in your life tonight? And he's saying, you know what? 
I've got something different for you. I've got a different way for you. You know what? You've tried your ways. The things that you're doing you think are going to get you there, but I'm telling you they're not going to get you there. And for me, it happened in college. I was trying all these things. As soon as I turned my life over to God and I let go of this other nonsense Everything started to change in my life. My relationships got healthy. School started doing well. Basketball turned around for my life. God began to open up all these doors when I began to listen to God and be obedient to the Spirit's calling. Tonight, are you doing that? What is God calling you to do? What's he What's he challenging you with in your life? He's available. Are we making ourselves available? My second point tonight is following God. And you could see from our scripture here, it talks about the shepherd leading them out. It says here that the shepherd leads them out. And when you make yourself available to God, here's the thing is that God has already planted some dreams in your heart. I, I, I be believe that. God has already spoken something to you, very personal, that's for you, and he's leading you. And here's the thing tonight is that I want to encourage you with this, is that sometimes it takes patience as he's leading you out. God is calling you. He's told you to do something. I have no doubt that he's told you to do something. And you're, some of you are a little bit nervous to even share that dream, to share what that is. But tonight I want to confirm that tonight, to chase after whatever God has planted in your heart, and he's going to lead you. And for me, as I told you, all I wanted to do was play basketball overseas. The only problem was I wasn't that good. I went to a small college. And so I had this epiphany one time. I was trying to going to all these tryouts, getting cut by all these teams, but I still had a full-time job at a golf course. And so I was working there, and I was on the grounds crew. Has anybody seen Caddyshack here? Was anybody born during that? No, none of you guys born. Oh, man, i got to change my illustrations, Pastor Kyle. It's terrible. So I used to work on a golf course. I work all day, and I go practice, go to tryouts, and they'd cut me and all these different things. But I remember one day, God, I knew that God had called me to play basketball. It might seem weird. He, and I remember like complaining to God, God, why do you give me this burden to want to play? Just take it away. If you're not going to let me play, just take it away. It's fine. I want to be available to you. But why do I want to practice? Why do I want it so bad? Just take it away. And, and, and I remember having these conversations or more like me complaining to God, where are you at? And so I remember one day at the golf course, and, and there I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling weeds, right? And as I'm pulling these weeds, I, I go, I remember having this conversation with God. God, is this why you put me here on this earth? To pull these green things out of the ground, put them in a bag, and throw them away. They're going to grow back next week, and I'm going to pull them again. Is that why you created me in my mother's womb, knit me before the foundations of the earth, to pull these small green things, put them away? And then is that what you called me to do? And God spoke to my heart like I'll never believe. And this is what God, this is what God dropped on my heart. And he said, you have 18 people that you work with, that don't know me, 
that don't have a relationship with me, that are stuck in sin, that, that have no hope. If you can't be faithful where, where I put you with these 18 guys, how the heck am I going to trust you and give you these other things that you want to do if you can't even be faithful with the things that I've entrusted to your hands right in front of you? And for some of you tonight, God's leading you. And God's calling you out. And are you listening to what He's doing? Here's the great thing. He's a good shepherd. You can trust Him. He's going to lead you in the right way. He's got the best for you. And you guys know this verse, and, and, and I love it. You know, because my this was the first thing that uh, first verse that I ever memorized. I, I came to know the Lord at your guys' age in college, and uh, I remember this uh, because the instructor he said, "I'm going to have you guys memorize this verse. Whatever you do, you're going to remember this for the rest of your life." So every day in our sociology class, he had us remember memorize Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans of a hope and a future. It's a great verse when you want to know where are you, God, in all this because he's right there. And I clung to that verse in times of just crying out to God. But the reason why I remember it, it's a funny story. I went to Bethany University. So it was called Bethany Bible College, otherwise known as Bethany Bridal College. Ring by spring or your money back. <laughs> and so I remember going there, and so I was not a believer, so I went to this Christian college. And I remember the sociology teacher, the first day, my first day of school, he's like, man, Bethany Bridal College, ring by spring or your money back. And I was like, this guy's crazy. I'm 21. Who gets married at that age? What is this, 1942? That's absolutely absurd. And he's like, yeah, this, you know, uh, who knows, you know, you might, you might get married here. And I'm looking around the room. I'm like, no way. Ain't happening. And he goes, who knows, your wife, your future my wife might be in this room. Your future husband might be in this room. And I was like, no, that's not, not even possible. I'm not thinking about getting married until I'm like 40, right? I got a lot of fun to do. You know, that's crazy. And anyway, I remember this girl go up there, and I go, man, what nationality is she? That's weird. Her hair is all wet and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> it ended up being my future wife. 18 years. The guy was right. Unbelievable. 18 years, the same person, every day, at night, the same person. I go home, she's still there. I wake up, she's still there. The kids are still in the back seat yelling, don't touch me, stop it, stop it, put that away, stop it, don't touch him, stop, okay, sorry. Wherever God is leading you, I want to encourage you with this. And, and I told this story today at lunch. We got to go and have some uh, lunch. And you know what? This is going to be great because I'm going to really just drop this that I get to say, you know, I had lunch with the mayor. So whenever I talk with people, I'm like, yeah, I, I have lunch with mayors and stuff. You know, that's how I roll. But uh, we tell the story today. But here's what I want to encourage you with. That dream, that thing that God has put on your heart, lead, let him lead you. And this is what happened to me recently. So God, uh, I was uh, there praying at the rescue mission, and there's this guy bleeding in front of us. And so uh, as he, he's bleeding there, and I'm preaching, and I think in my head, I go, 
the verse of James comes to me and it says, you know what, what good does it do to you to preach to somebody but just say, hey, you know what, good luck to you, uh, you know, uh, God bless you. And the principle there is, hey, if somebody's doing something, don't just pray for them and have another, have another Bible study. Do something. Don't just go to another conference. Do something. And so I was like, man, what am I going to do? I'm not a doctor. And God goes, hey, you know what? I need you to start a clinic. And I said, that's crazy. I don't have any experience in that. And so I began just in my personal time just praying to God because, once again, God had put this burden in my heart. And I'm like, God, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to pray. you got to do it. You make things come from nothing. You know, uh, you're amazing. And just started praying. And so God said, hey, start making some phone calls. Started calling people, kind of like the basketball days, and, you know, where people go, hey, get lost. You're no good. And so same type of thing. I'm calling people, going, hey, I want to start a clinic. This one guy says, yes, come by, administrator for a huge nursing college. And so I go there, and I tell the guy this, I want to start a clinic. And the guy's like, great, that's awesome. He goes, tell me about your facility that you have, the clinic that you have. I said, I have an empty room with cockroaches and pews. And he's like, great. He's all, tell me about your funding. I have none. Tell me about your experience. Are you a doctor? Are you a registered nurse? I have no experience. Well, tell me about your staff. Who do you have on board there? I have nobody. And he said, great, I will help you out. And so from that day, I started with a box of Band-Aids. And God now has grown it to the point to where we have uh, doctors on board, we, ha- we see over 2,000 people a year through different touching points. We have a dental clinic. We have an oral uh, a surgery place that's just getting ready. You guys saw it, that it's just almost ready, up and running. We have some oral surgeons that are waiting in the wings. But here's why I encourage you with that story, because God does make things come from nothing. When you pray to God, that thing that God has put, placed on your heart, if you're listening to God, if you're making yourself available to God, He's going to do something that you would never even dream of doing. I would be there on the, in the rescue mission laughing at God. Why am I praying for this? This makes no sense. And for some of you, you have something that God has put on your heart. And are you listening to Him? And what I want to have you do is follow that. Go with it. See what God does in your life. Two prayers that I have, and I said this story as well this afternoon. Two prayers. One's a yellow Corvette prayer. And the prayer is, Lord, would you give me a yellow Corvette? Okay, 19 years, it hasn't happened yet. The second prayer is, right, God, I'm available. I got some talents you got some brothers and sisters that need some help. How can I help and grow your kingdom? What can I do? And I'm here to tell you, as soon as you start praying those prayers, God answers those really quick. Yellow Corvette prayer, 19 years. The other one, uh, about a day, he'll come through. And as you seek God, start praying that, God, how can I be available to what you have in store for my life? God is leading his sheep. And lastly, I want to touch on this point as well. God calls us as well to stay together. You know, one of the biggest things that we face in the tenderloin is isolation. Even though there's 35,000 people in one square mile, that's 
five blocks each direction. People are lonely and they are isolated. And I see it on a daily basis. Our brothers and sisters that came there as well, they see the ravages of what isolation does. And when you begin to get peeled off from other people, what happens to your life spiritually, what happens emotionally, and inevitably what happens to your life physically when you (coughs) don't stay with the group that God's called you to be with. And many times as believers, we do that. As we look at this illustration, God says, hey, I'm leading you out. And here's the thing is sometimes God leads you out into the open country, into hard places, difficult places. But sometimes we begin to isolate ourselves and get away from the group dynamic, this this fellowship of being in community that God calls us to do. And here today I want to share with you this. A lost sheep is a dead sheep. If you allow the evil one to peel you off of the herd and to be isolated, that's exactly what the devil wants to do. As we look at this scripture, the good shepherd brings his sheep in together because he knows if you try to make it out there on your own without somebody near you, without somebody by you, you know what? Chances are you are just going to get maimed. You're going to get wrecked you are going to be devoured. The the Bible tells us that that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. How does he do that? By making us get off to the side and think we got it under control. And here today, if you're in that place where you're like, you know what, I got it under control. And man, these church people, they're making me mad. And man, I don't like them. Can I just tell you this today? That's normal. It don't matter where you are at. You're not going to like everybody. You are going to have conflict. Look in the Bible. Paul, Barnabas, conflict. It's riddled throughout the Bible. How we deal with it is healthy. Don't don't think that, oh, because there's conflict, something's wrong. Conflict happens. How we resolve it is what God wants to do in our life. And so God calls us to stay together. And today, you know, I think that it's hard because you get so many things just kind of yelling at you for your attention. Just vying for your attention on what you should do. You know, recently um, I took some guys on a retreat up to Fort Bragg and we did this, uh, this, um, what would you call it? physical illustration I guess and so what we did is we had this big room and so we filled it with mouse traps okay the whole room just filled it with mouse traps set them and then we put a string all over the room so you could only crawl you couldn't get up and then there was an obstacle course through the mouse traps and so what we did is we had people we had somebody blindfolded And then we had somebody that would be, uh, right, we had somebody that was blindfolded, and they had to make their way through this obstacle of mousetraps that would snap you. Anybody here ever been snapped by a mousetrap before? 
they hurt. They don't feel really good. Exactly, okay? And so they're making their way. So they have one person that's supposed to guide them through it. They're there to guide them through it. And then we have a group of people that all the rest of the people are there shouting at them, trying to get them to go astray and get them in the mousetrap. Because how cool would that for somebody to get in a mousetrap and then you could laugh hysterically together. Ha, he's hurt. This is a great, uh, great church. Okay. And, but it was a great, and so people are yelling, go this way, go this way. No, you're going wrong. And they're yelling at them false instructions. And yet there's one person that's there in there going, you know what? Go left. Go right. You know what? Keep going. Don't listen to that stuff. They're just in your head. You just keep going. You're not going to get hit. I got you. Keep going left. Go right. And they're guiding them through that. And you see how that is with our life, you know, as so many things are screaming at you guys, man, this is it, this is the way, this is what's going to make you happy, you know what, you can get away with this, you can do that, you know, this tonight, God in his still quiet voice is saying, you know what, no way, I want you to go here, don't worry about it, it's going to be a little bit hard, you don't know where the resources are coming, but I'm going to guide you here. And God's saying, you know what, it seems like an insurmountable thing, but you know what, I got some plans for you. You just keep going. And God has called you and I here tonight, and he's saying, you know what, listen to my voice. Listen to the calling that I place. I'm leading you. And God's saying tonight, are you listening to me? Because I got something for you. I got something on the other end that, man, you, you don't even know. You don't even know what I can do in your life. 1 Kings 19.11, we see that illustration with Elijah. Some of you guys know the story. He's waiting for God, and let me just read it to you. It says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And tonight, that's, that's my charge to you, is that you would hear, you know, and, and as the worship team maybe comes up, is that you would hear that, that, that still voice of God calling to you. In the midst of, you might even have family that's in your ear saying, don't do that. What are you going to, you're going to go serve God? How are you going to make any money? What are you going to mean you're going to go do an internship? How's that going to help you get a career? you got to get a house. And others are saying, you know what, you're, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. But I'm here to tell you, God is saying something different to you guys tonight. And God is guiding you, and he's leading you for a, pl- a path, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, one for hope in the future. I want to come here and, and spit this motivational stuff if it wasn't true, if I haven't seen it in my life time and time again. Yes, are there hard times where I'm on my face in that, in that cockroach-ridden rescue mission going, God, this is hard. Where are you at? I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know how you're going to show up. This isn't fun. Man, I just want to give up. But you know what? God comes through every time every time God comes through 
And God wants to come through for you because that's his nature. That's who he is. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. And he is waiting. He is available to you tonight. And the question for us is, are we available to him?